Welcome to the Business Addicts Podcast, where the stakes are high, talk is cheap, and results are on the other side of commitment. Hosted by a former addict, myself, and I'm his wife, Jamie. We uncover addicts' mindsets, showing that the talents you've created in your struggle will be the superpowers you leverage to heal your deepest wounds. Listen to former addicts share stories of how they've flipped the switch, including insights into how much we can believe in ourselves. For those of you affected by addiction, we support your desire to help the addict in your life by raising the stakes and creating emotional barriers. Hello and welcome back to the Business Addicts Podcast. This is where we have really sometimes hard, sometimes good conversations about people's life. Today, it's our 21st anniversary, and so we're going to go where that takes us. So it seems kind of fitting that I would start since when we were dating, I think I was the one to ask you, so are we dating or what? I don't like to wait around too long. Good thing. (laughs) You might have been waiting a long time if you hadn't asked that. (laughs) (laughs) I think you were like, yeah, I can come see you in a couple months. And I was like, but it's a holiday weekend and I'm not doing anything. Do you have plans? I said, I can come see you. And you said, no, you don't have any money. I can come see you. And I was like, how do you know I don't have any money? Like, thanks for offering because, yes, I'm utilitarian and I like that you're offering to spend the money. But how do you know these things? I didn't. Assumptions. Mm -hmm. I have a note in my questions here. Yeah? Yeah. I was going to ask you if there was any high points to our marriage. Mm. And then make a joke about how I'm working on not having assumptions. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So you want me to start there with the high points? I was going to start with the low points. Well, you know, in the life coaching industry, they usually say, what are you celebrating? And starting, Mm -hmm. you know, by shifting your thought process. So maybe it is good if we start with celebrations. Yeah, sure. Let's start there. So the highlights in our marriage, usually this podcast is talking about some of the things that have been painful and the emotions that have been raw and real. And I would say my favorite, some of my favorites, I think you already know them. I'm huge on quality time. That's my love language. So the fact that you were an addict and not operating as a person who's present, like let's talk about how not present for just a moment to really understand some of the highlight. If the kids at the table asked to have the Parmesan cheese passed and it went past you, I remember a time where you put Parmesan cheese in an empty bowl and we were like, what do you need that for? And you were like, oh, what? We're like, well, one of the kids asked to have the Parmesan cheese. We were just asking you to pass it to him. And like, just remember, I think like one time, didn't you throw your keys in the garbage and kept the empty salad container? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think there's quite a few examples of like not being present. And so now today to feel your energy, like I remember the day that you were arguing with me and, and you were just pretty passionate about whatever the subject was. And I just remember stopping and you're like, what? I'm like, I'm just giving this a moment because you're present. Like it was so rare. So that's definitely one of the highlights. And then and then the day that you came back after releasing dread, and I was like, wait, you released the emotion of dread and then you're present? How is this a thing? I remember when I ate the salad and then I didn't remember eating it. So I like had to go back and find the empty container because I was, I was looking for it. I was like, oh, now I can eat my salad. <laughs> but it was <laughs> gone already. So yeah, I for sure the, I don't remember what year that was. Maybe. I do. Is that going to surprise what, you? 2012, maybe? You're close. 2013. Yeah. I was pregnant with Jamin, and he's eight 
And the time that the two of us were sitting next to each other and I turned to you and I said, I love you. And you did not respond with that was really this moment of like, what happened? I mean, 2013, let's see, we were married in 2001. So that would have been like 12 years into our marriage. And I had no idea because you were always the one that was like able to say, I love you. I love you. I love you. Like when it had no meaning. And then wait, you can't say it right now. And so I remember being like, okay, look, I don't know what's going on, but, and then in 2017, when I was like, Hey, I think there's another level that we need to get to what in the world. Yeah. What do we not know here? Uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> How many beliefs and programs and junk later? Yeah. Much junk later. So, Highlights for me have been moments that you're present and now really because we have studied this energy so much and knowing that when you're coming to bed with an energy that isn't good and you're willing to work on that, those are, that's a celebration for me. Like, because you were coming from a place of like change is hard and I don't want to do this work. And I know a lot of women that would love a lot of wives that would love to have their husbands do the work. And so you doing that work means a lot to me being willing to do that work. And I know that the position that I came from was I wanted you to do the work first. Like when I was frustrated and blaming and I didn't want to have to do the work first. I, I just, it's obvious you have the bigger problems. You're the addict. You're not even present in your own life. Like, hello, I can make a list of all the reasons why you need to do the work first. And then when I started to do the work and it basically became a point of where you're like, oh, well, maybe it's worth it for me to do the work because whatever she's doing, I don't know. What was your feeling about that? Uh, yeah, I think that there's a there was definitely a feeling of I'm missing out because <clears throat> when you're working out and you're you know, pregnant, well, sorry, not doing both at the same time, but like all the different things that you're going through and you're choosing to grow. Um, growth is an attractive thing, and you're kind of like, "Wait, why? Why am I not doing this? Uh, what's holding me back?" I mean, there is several years there between what you're talking about, twelve, two thousand twelve-ish through two thousand fifteen. That period of weighing those things and choosing, which I don't think really started until probably 2017 or maybe even 2018. Um, that's, that's the hard part when you're just trying to figure that out and figure out why the other person is growing and you're not, or you're, or you're saying, well, I am growing, but you're not either way. That's hard. Yeah, I didn't know I wasn't growing. Like, I think, you know, when we first got married, we were young. And my assumption was, you know, you go to school, you pick a career, you get married, you, you know, and if you can afford a car and a house and kids, life is good. And I just literally didn't know how many more things there were. And I feel like that's, you know, when you're 18 people, like how many people ask you? oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And then they stop asking you. I mean, except for if you have one kid and you're pregnant, then they ask you, are you going to have more? When's your next one? 
okay, well, that must be what's next. And like, they don't say, you know, what are you doing? How are you growing? What's the, what are you excited about? Like, we just talk different. So anyway, it didn't hit until, you know, 10, 15 years later when it was like, wait, I'm not just growing just because I have a house and a couple kids in a car. I thought that was how you grew, not just in size. Yeah. For me, the high points, I really, there's, there's a couple of high points that I believe I just really felt like you were there for me deeply. Um, and you didn't give up. Uh, and the first one was when you were dating and you had a conversation with your parents that looking back, it seems very appropriate. Like they're just highlighting how we're different and how there is some areas here that are not a good fit for the two of you. Like you're different in these ways. Uh, I don't know exactly remember what you. I think my mom said, you know, Kevin's a nice guy, but he's, um, I heard that he's not like he, he's happy now that he met you. And she's like, I just don't know if that's a good thing for you to be his happiness. Yeah, so keeping that same theme of you being my happiness. <laughs> I was super happy when you, like when I drove up, I think it was Sunday night or something like that from a job that was uh, very stressful and ridiculous. But nonetheless, I drove up and we worked through that. Uh, I think to a certain extent, it was deeper than just you supporting me it was me feeling the the end of this you know like connecting to the good part of us um and really feeling like it was the right thing to continue our relationship so that and the other time being um probably i don't know that there was just one but like at least one time where you came from a place of being very committed to the marriage, but yet having a boundary in the marriage and saying, you know, we're not going to be sleeping in the same bed, but yet I'm here for you and I'm not leaving. I'm not getting a divorce or anything like that, but I need you to get some help. I, I think those actually, as hard as those two times are, that those are actually some real high points. And it sounds like they're terrible, but like just how much it spoke to me that you processed me, my energy, what I said, and made a commitment to keep our relationship going is actually a couple high points. Um, there's also the, the whole total Jamie side of you, which is, I think you mentioned it already, but the, hey, are we dating now? The person that asked me to marry her, several times before I did, and I could only ask you once. And uh, the person that jumped into finding rings on the weekend spontaneously and um, all kinds of different things that you are that are high points, but that's just the way you've always been. Actually, um, you mentioned commitments, and I know I found in an old notebook, it's like a 20-year-old notebook, and I, as you well know, I have a notebook addiction. Well, that is an addiction that I'm working on. Confessions here on the Business Addicts Podcast. Yes, this is a notebook addict, a recovering notebook addict. Um, 
So this would have been written a year after we were dating and maybe nine months before we got married. And I said, dear Kevin, this is what it says in the book I'm reading, but I feel the same way. I hope that we always share the same or deeper love for each other that we feel now. I'm a woman who will love you day or night, spring or fall, when you're being charming or a jerk, who will wait for you when you're away for weeks and who won't get bored with you when you're home. Someone who's always loved you and will always love you until the day I die. Yeah, that that is uh, very prophetic that you wrote that and that we can look back on that. So what should you do with jerks, by the way? Create boundaries, better boundaries. I am very thankful that just recently I became aware of some things I didn't know with creating boundaries. And I've had the boundaries book in my bookshelf and I knew there were other people that were codependent. And so I had this idea that, you know, oh yeah, the codependent, yeah, that's not healthy. Yeah. And like a subject I could talk about, but not necessarily understand what are they. And so someone asked me recently, like, okay, so if you have a house and the house has a yard and then there's people in your community, you know, like where do the people go that hurt you? You get to choose where they go. Do they go in the house? Do they go in the yard? Do they go in your community? Or do they go in the moon? And I was like, well, I mean, from my previous perspective, they come in the house with you. Like you open the door for them. That's where the people go that hurt you. Like this idea that you could put people that hurt you on the moon, like separate yourself from them. It was a foreign concept, unfortunately. So creating healthy boundaries is something that's very new and it's time for me to you know, communicate on a regular basis that this is a new boundary that I'm setting because it might get a little uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, I think that's really, really, really healthy for you. And even as a recipient <laughs> at times, um, I think that how you are respecting yourself and one thing that I think has been very consistent with you is just your respect for other people. And so when you have that same respect for yourself now, that is pretty impressive. I mean, that wasn't there before where you just would allow yourself to be beat up. And I remember even when we were first dating, uh, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a family thing on your your family that it's okay to just, you know, poke fun. And I thought that was normal until you came along and tried to like stand up for me. And, and I was like, it's okay, Kevin, I got it. Like, I didn't know that that's really kind of... I made, I made it worse. I, then I became a dual target. <laughs> Well, <laughs> it was very sweet of you, and yet I didn't know at the time that that was actually me, you know, not valuing myself because I did accept it and I did take it and I didn't. I mean, again, those are the people that you let back in the house, the people that hurt you the, the day before, you let them back in the next day. So I love um, a highlight for me is actually something that we worked on the other day because we worked on our core values and we, I mean, in full disclosure, we didn't do this at first in our marriage, but a couple of years ago we said, okay, what are the core values that we share? And something that's been really, really good for me is to realize that I have my core values, you have your core values. And then when we get married, we created an our core values. So we didn't lose one of us. You know, we could each be ourselves and we created a third entity. And, you know, like, I mean, that seems obvious if you're in business together, but we don't think about that when we're in a partnership, like a marriage. 
And so I guess I thought that I had to lose, you know, some of my core values. But so anyway, our shared core values, um, liberty, faith, authenticity, integrity, adventure, personal growth, health, and abundance. We also have open home, which I love that we've been able to have an open home over the years. And then what I really, really love, the highlight was that a couple of days ago we added, I asked if you would add some core values that were technically my core values and because of what we went through. So for 2022, the updated core values include purity, ownership, and honesty. And coming from someone who was struggling with addiction, those I mean, what was your response when I first asked you if you'd add those? You were like, Yeah, I had to. Oh, you're going to have to give me some time. I had to do some work on whether I believe that's possible. And I, I do now. Also, one thing you told me along the, the in the discussion was that all of these core values, it's, it's not like we're going to, well, got to be careful how I say this, but there is likely going to be a time when we're, not true to them in some way like we have the privilege of choosing them and along the way if we find that we could exercise them more fully and take advantage of a deeper ownership for example that we we have the privilege of doing that and i think for me that's a good way to look at it like one thing that's hard for me is to just really trust myself sometimes with new concepts, knowing that in the past that I've hurt people and I hurt myself. And I think it's just uh, such a, a privilege and it feels so good to just say, yeah, I think I can try that and and and, and feel what it means um, and then choose it. So sometimes I do have to work through what is holding me back, whether that's a belief. Um, there's other things, I guess what we call them is programs, hard drives, things like that, that, that are just my mind or are in our minds that are not allowing us to embrace something new. That's wonderful thing about coaching is you can work through some of those things after you learn some of the tools. But basically for me, Digging in on those, being willing to do the work to find them, let them go, especially those that are chosen by me. Sometimes we have stuff that's inherited, and that's also reach out. You just glad to let that go too. But um, yeah, that's feels good, especially when you've chosen it yourself, and you're like, oh, I don't want that anymore, and I'm gonna forgive myself for choosing it. I think that stuff is huge. So, you know. Like we can accidentally kind of stumble along with some of this stuff and not realize that we have it and how we have it. But how did it, like for me, asking you to add purity, I don't, I didn't want to be in a position to ask somebody else to take on my core values. But knowing that you've had this um, addiction that wasn't pure you know, and then when I asked you and you're like, well, hold on, what do I do? You know, when something happens, like, let me think about that. Like, I actually appreciate that you gave it space and you didn't just say yes, you know, and that you came back and that you were willing for it. So I'm pretty excited about that. And that's actually a high point too. Like Jamie is one of those people that 
say there's a part in the movie that's not good or a part in a book that's not good, she just won't read it. She won't look. She'll, she can close her eyes, her ears, her whatever she wants. I'm more of, uh, I, I don't have that. <clears throat> I think the core value yeah. of curiosity was in conflict with purity. Yeah, I'm a seeker of knowledge, which, you know, curiosity killed the cat type deal. But anyway, I thought about it and I realized that I could do that. And because if it's not pure, if it's not beneficial, I don't need it. So now, I mean, we'll see. Uh, it's a, still a new thing for me, but um, doesn't mean I'm... A, You're committed to it? Yes, but I'm... Well, like the first time I, I, there's still that first time where you run across something that you didn't expect. And then what do you, you know, so just, yeah. Right, right. Well, and we know the devil put that, puts that stuff in our way. I mean, obviously, like I, you know, the, the other highlights are things like the conversation yesterday when something comes up that you didn't expect. And then there's an energy that you didn't expect to the conversation and, you know, we're taking it from two different perspectives and we're growing together, but, but having space to just say, just give me some space to kind of work through that a little bit. It's, I don't know, it's some new communication things that I'm, I'm a high driver. I like to know, like, I like to get results in the disc, like, you know, and so I'm like, what do you mean you need space? And so, and like, even I think, um, one of the things that I love as a personality assessment nerd, um, is that you let me give you another personality test to take and like anything from love languages to life languages. Um, and so since I'm, you know, high mover, high driver, high, get it done kind of a, well, I like to start things, not necessarily finish them, but <laughs> Yeah, well, the the tactic that's really worked for me is to just give myself permission to say, I need time to think about that. And I, I do. I do need time sometimes to process things. And as a, I'm going to just embrace my expressive, uh, I've talked probably before on the podcast about being a driver and I've been working through some things around that recently and just realizing that that's not actually my true self. And I can't be hurt by other people at this level and seeking approval like I am and not being expressive. So I am. This is a huge <laughs> moment of honesty. Thank yeah. you, podcast, for teaching me part of that. Anyway, yeah, I am an expressive. and But also that S side is like very... I want to process some of the logic around it. And if it's not initially logical or if it doesn't, if the mix of what I feel and what I think doesn't match, which is probably never going to match initially, uh, you know, then I have trouble. So I got to, yeah, I got to give myself some space to work through it. So asking versus getting mad for you, pressuring me to get there because I think that I have to get there right away is way more healthy. So I have a question for you. I know you started. What would you like to say to your younger self? Speaking of taking some time on something. No, uh, I, I think that I would tell myself that it's okay 
Uh, probably. What age are you picking? What age? Around 10. Like, I don't know if I would have, how many times I would have needed to say this, but more than once. Um, that it was okay to feel and love myself. Feel like what's inside of me and love myself. So how do you do that? Like how would you have done that differently? How how did you know that you didn't love yourself? Uh, I did. So, but uh, actually I was just talking with someone this morning and we had this conversation about saying this to young people, you know, that we find in coaching that a lot of times the the problem is, is we don't love ourselves or we don't forgive ourselves. And that like happens over and over and over. And we run into that all the time and we run into it for ourselves again uh, and again. Right. So I guess I would have had a conversation around that from a coaching perspective with myself, how it's safe to love myself. And then hopefully I would have um, taken some of the stuff that wasn't aligned with that and dealt with it earlier. Because at 10, I would have still had plenty. I, I just don't think that telling myself something before 8 that I would have listened. So that's why I'm picking 10. Any thoughts? What would you have told yourself at 18? Well, I think the same thing. And get help. Like, So why didn't you get help at 18? Well, I didn't think that getting help with someone else was a thing. This is where your money beliefs come in. I didn't believe that I could afford it, but it was more than that. I didn't believe, well, ultimately it's shame that made it so that I wouldn't seek out help, but I didn't even think about someone else helping me, which is so strange because I had so many different role models, you know, from employers to teachers that did help me. But I don't think I completely understood how much until later, right? So what did you think, like, when you met me, what did you think? What would you tell yourself? When I met you? What would you like to say to yourself? Uh, I don't need to say anything to myself about that. I think I listened to myself on that subject. I mean, have the courage to ask her out, maybe. Just step into it. Would you have done that? When would you have asked? Careful. You're you're an S. Uh, S's take their time. <laughs> um, no, Sorry. I. Sorry. I would have. Uh, I probably would have overthought it forever, for for a couple weeks. You helped. I mean, this is the hard part. Like you, when we're true to our the good parts about ourselves, and someone else is true to their the good part about them. In this case, I think you were being very authentic when you said, hey, are we going out or what? You know, that's you. So that was over. I wouldn't change that. That was over dial up internet messenger. What would have been like AOL or something? AOL messenger. We are so dating ourselves. It was dial up. Whatever that's, you know, dial up. Yeah, it finally popped up, you know, and it was like, oh, it's Kevin. And then I think like the third sentence was like, so are we going out or what? Yeah, or or the first, possibly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that you're wrong. You know, when you're sensing and feeling something from someone else that is very authentic, and you're responding authentically yourself, 
there was a connection that was be like all behind all the hurt behind all the uh trauma that I'd given myself or chosen or even some that was just from life you were connecting to that that's what I believe doesn't mean that I was necessarily uh you know if you redo everything in life and you have you know everything that's going to happen maybe you could redo some things but I I doubt that it would be any better I mean, I, I really think that... I totally agree with that. I, I'm not someone that's like, I'd like to go back and redo it. No. I want to go forward knowing what I know now. And yes. so I am really looking forward to the next 40 years with you. I'm assuming you're aware of that since uh, you see all my vision boards around the house and they all have you in them. What are you looking forward to? Here's my next question. What are you looking forward to in the next 40 years together? Or the next 21 since we're celebrating 21? I am most looking forward to just being, just be. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's kind of internal speak, but just recently we used that phrase. I'd like to have that on most of my shirts, but uh, just be. That's what I would mostly look forward to. I think the the working together, there are definitely times where working together is not an advantage. Right. Like there are going to be some arguments and things for sure. And that's just because we're different. Um, I know that some people that have been in some of our recent conversations, they're just amazed that we're still married. <laughs> um, well, if you could be, express if that. you could be super different in like all the personality tests. I mean, the only thing we have in common, well, I shouldn't say the only thing we have our core values in common and we have our commitments in common and we have maximizer as a top strength, which means we're both trying to improve everything and everyone. Yeah, but the other other parts of you change how that's happening. Yeah, yeah both of us do like, it from a different perspective. Yeah. So the next 40 years together, I am looking forward to being able to do the planning since you're excited to just be. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like it when you plan things. I think like all of the different things that we enjoy now – enjoying them and the people we're going to be reaching mm -hmm. and that are, we are already reaching, but like that growing. One of the neat things about coaching is you grow your network with the people that you're working with mm -hmm. and the people that you're even coaching with. So I really like the, that, that type of a growth, like that feels really good. Like other people that go through things like we do mm -hmm. and, uh, or go through this process with us, those are exciting relationships. Uh, and just being together with them is exciting. Yeah, being able to meet the, like I love the s saying, embrace loneliness and reinvent yourself in the process. And I feel like this work that we've done to get to this point took some stepping back from the people that were in our inner circle before and the friend groups that we had and just kind of saying, okay, where would we like to be? Who would we like to be with? And, and, and what is the stuff that we need to deal with dealing with our junk so that we could show up in a different way, in a new way. And maybe there's people that yeah. don't accept us in this new way and that's okay. We're choosing it now. Like last time we were sort of just like living a little bit more by default versus design. Yeah, absolutely. And technically if that's not what they're choosing, then potentially we would, leave them unsettled if we're around people that don't 
want to do that, have that same approach. Our level of vulnerability and feelings. Yeah. We understand not everyone wants to get on a podcast and talk about themselves. And their addictions and their yeah. junk. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, we offer you to, to join us eventually <laughs> uh, or tomorrow, you well, know, like well, quick. We'll put it out there. Don't, when would don't you take like forever. To- don't take 20 years. But that being said, we all have a journey and just honoring everyone else's journey too. And that we believe that everyone can get help, that they have it available to them, they have good inside of them, that we all need to deal with whatever is holding us back from being us authentically. You know, all of those things. And that in the state of embracing ourselves, loving ourselves, forgiving ourselves, and being whole, that we will always have a lot better life and conversations and experiences and everything. And, and, and? Yeah. Well, our oldest right now is 20 and our youngest is two. And the two-year-old just moved out of our bed into his own bed. And so life is good. We're celebrating that. And in 20 more years, he might be just leaving the house. So we've got a lot left. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I I do like the fact that we still have some children to raise. And we have some challenges, um, partially created by the past. So that is inspiring, though, that we have an opportunity to help them through some of that. I mean, there is no perfect life. Like, we can't somehow get our kids to be sheltered and then they're okay right like that won't work either but just learning teaching them how to process life and process the things that are holding them back and that are hurting them and all of those things this is that that feels good too. this is maybe a random side comment but you know i think there's a saying or people say you know if you have a lot of kids that they they keep you busy or they keep you active or whatever i think I think we've put on more weight since we've had the last couple of kids because we're not as active. And so um, looking at, you know, like the level of commitment and the level of love, the energy that we have together now is better than when we were both looking better. Um, I know we're both interested in, in getting to a better, healthier place again, like physically, when you have um, the stuff that we, we've been putting the mind first and now the body body's going to come back to the, to the forefront. But um, the kids don't make or break the marriage. Right. And a lot of times, sometimes the kids are, you know, what keep couples together, but really it's about having something beyond where we have a true connection and that we want to be together. And then they want to see that what they want, what our kids want to see most from us is that we're in a good place. And I know the older ones are so thankful that, you know, we don't argue as much and they, they didn't know. I mean, we weren't sharing with them the addiction behaviors and the issues. And so they were seeing one side of the equation and it looked like things weren't good. And I'm glad to, I'm glad that they can look at that and see the difference. And you're right. There's some stuff that they're going to, I mean, what I see is that we all, we're all unique individuals and we all respond to things so differently in our experiences, our traumas, our inherited junk. And now we're going to get to hopefully share with them the tools and resources that 
that we have, or hopefully they'll be able to reach out. Hopefully they'll feel more free to reach out to people because they see us reaching out for help versus, you know, like you said, when at 18, you didn't reach out for help. Maybe it's because you didn't see your parents reaching out for help. You know, maybe there's something there because I didn't see that. It wasn't safe in my family. I'm not sure that this was really a thing culturally more than just our families. Like it's just like it wasn't it wasn't okay to really be vulnerable because that's something you shove down and just deal with. You know, like that's the burdens that you have in life. And I think that that's, that's a nice thing of our generation that we can meet that challenge. And, and really, it's our responsibility to to address these things. Tamping someone something down and not dealing with it and just then just smiling, that still hurts. It's just going to hurt in a different way than if you don't talk at all, like, say, a different family might do. Our generation has the privilege of being more vulnerable and understanding the benefits of that. And we have a responsibility now that we know to do that for our kids and for for us and show them that it's possible. And past generations, someone would have had to tell them they didn't have YouTube or other things that we do today. We didn't have podcasts, for example. So, Yeah, this is the information age for sure. I mean, there definitely was books written in the... Yeah, but I would have picked up something that would have been a book that would have told me, you know, that's okay to get help. Like, yeah, where are you going to find that? Yeah, in exactly. Your household. I mean, library? occasionally you'd run across something like that, but it's not then backed up by other books mm-hmm. and other podcasts and other YouTube videos or whatever, right? So, yeah. But if we go back to the idea, even that, you know, the people around us that we spend the most time with, you know, that's what seems normal. And then whatever that is, it's our version of normal until you hang out in a different place and find out it could be different. And I love yeah. my coach. She's constantly challenged me like, but does it have to be that way? Is that wrong? I'm like, wait, wait. Yeah. It's good to sit with some of those assumptions we make, huh? Yeah. See if they're actually true. Well, I think that the next 21 years that at least we've got the tools to deal with what comes. Uh, we don't know that it, that we're not going to have harder things to deal with. Oof. You know, you'd think there's nothing, there's nothing harder, right? But actually, I do, I do think that sometimes when you really open yourself up and choose to grow, that whatever it takes is kind of what your commitment is. Um, it's not like we want to rain down terrible experiences on ourselves, but the commitments that we make to ourselves around, hey, I'm going to choose to be around people that want what I want, that want to grow, and I want to grow, so whatever it takes. So when you say that, you know, that's one of the things that I've had to work through on one of my beliefs is that, you know, when we grow... And it's just, just, you know, there's going to be more like the Bible says, you know, something about him that is faithful in little things is faithful in much. You know, I love that. I love that we can show, you know, build our confidence through some of those little commitments that we make to ourselves and, um, and be faithful even to him. But then also, you know, sometimes we look at other people's lives and we think, well, they've got it all together, but Really, it's just that they've learned to navigate. They've learned to, to um, trust 
what God has given them and also to reach out for help. I mean, that's the part that we didn't know before. Like, don't wait so long. Don't let it. But I mean, we've been through a ton of stuff and to be straight up right now, when I lost my sister in a car accident, my brother was the driver and my brother was going to counseling and I went to pick him up. I thought, well, maybe I need counseling and I just don't know it because that's like an obvious thing in your life. So when you lose your sister in a car accident and your mom to cancer. Inside of a month. Yeah. Yeah. And you go to, I, I went to pick up my brother from therapy. He had had a therapy session. And so I just asked the lady a question to see if maybe I would benefit from therapy. And her response was like, you're just in the wilderness right now. And when you get out of the wilderness, you know, things will be so much better. And oh my word, she lost me. Like I was like, therapy's not for me. I don't know what else was being done in those sessions, but that that turned me off. And so I don't really know a lot about therapy, but someone said the other day that, you know, the things that are being taught in therapy are some of the same things that have been taught for the last hundred years. And so sometimes we don't want to, you know, put life coaching into the mental health lane or we don't want to compare it to therapy. You know, like there are benefits to getting help from different people and different types of people. And I can't say much about the therapy side of things. However, I do believe that the new things that we have learned as tools and resources are things our parents had no no concept of and no ability to teach us. And so I'm... <laughs> I am super excited to, you know, move forward with all of these tools and resources that we we know that we can go from bad energy to good energy in a short period of time. And it's just literally um, you know, using access to the things that we've learned. Yeah, tools that are basically just making you more aware of yourself and what you're choosing. And why you're choosing it. Yeah, it feels very it's cryptic really because there's so many that we just have to use the word tools and resources because <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's not just one. It took us a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, we're not trying to hide any of this. Call us up, we'll talk about it. But that being said, yeah, I, I just feel like that there's such a privilege to, you know, like what I was saying earlier. I didn't finish that sentence, but I'll come back to it. That there might be harder stuff. Well, part of that is that you're, there's harder stuff that you're working on with other people. Like you think that your life is tough. Well, confront, you know, a different person that's got a kid that is an accident or something, you know, and they, they have really traumatic things that happen to them. When you're putting yourself in this space where, you want to be available for other people authentically. You you don't know the ways you're going to grow. And it is there is going to be some pain, even pain that you feel from someone else. I don't want to minimize that. I don't, I don't think it's worth it. Uh, really, what, what this experience, has, what our marriage has taught me, our experiences in marriage have taught me, is that those tough times were the times where we learned how to feel alive and how to really connect and deal with the junk. And so they are, they become the highlight. They become something that you look back on and you're just really thankful for. And I, I feel like I don't want to deny someone else that 
the experience of working with another person. Like you can't sit and have a computer analyze you and really process what's going on in your life until you have that safe space where you can talk with someone about what's really deep inside of you and have them draw it out. Because we don't naturally just be like, okay, well, this is the worst thing I've got inside of me and and here it is and I know where it is and I'm going to throw it away now. That's not that's not actually a thing for most people. Maybe there's some people that can do that. But to just kind of draw that out, give space to feeling safe enough that you can dig through that with someone is a powerful thing. And I, I believe that that's, that's the intention. We need to connect to people. We need to create good relationships where we can authentically deal with whatever we're dealing with. Mm. And that that's the goal. Like, um, maybe there isn't a greater goal than that in life, uh, than just connecting authentically with not just people, but God and Christ and, you know, like all of that. I love uh, Experiencing something deeper than just floating along through life and dealing, and dealing with work and whatever comes. Yeah, I love what you're just saying about that because I was just reading too about like trust is built through conflict. Like we sometimes think that conflict is bad, but now the – the trust and the confidence that you and I have in each other is so different than, you know, if we wouldn't have worked through it and, um, you know, having space and giving space for each other for those crucial conversations and being super vulnerable, you know, like being able to say this hurt or this was a disappointment, like that's good. And it's also good to recognize that there are feelings and we don't necessarily need to put them on others. And one of the other things that came up when you were talking was thinking about couples that I've known over the last couple of years, so often, you know, we get to that point where just like, I just want to be done. And I remember, oh my word, you want to talk about some crazy stuff here in the last couple moments of the podcast? Um, I remember having a feeling of like, I think I'd like to just drive the van into the garage, you know, like literally not into the garage to park it, but like into the garage. Like I wanted to create a little destruction because of the frustration and I wanted something that would like hurt you, but also, you know, didn't really want it to hurt me. Well, that doesn't usually work when you're in a relationship very well. So man, it was just getting to this point where I definitely was feeling mental. Man, I'm glad I worked on myself because thankful that I don't have those feelings and thoughts anymore. But there are people that have come to me and said, you know, i I'd like a divorce or I'd like to, you know, separate from my husband. And I've just said, are you in a good place? Like, can we get you into a good place before you do that? And in the end, what's been happening is that they realize, you know, most of the times, Kevin, we found that our inner child loves, my inner child loves your inner child and mm-hmm. vice versa, right? And mine does too. Loves you. Yeah. And so what's been hurting was when you were betraying your own inner child and your own core values and, and you know, and then it creates these piles of shame and guilt and whatever. And so what I see in couples is that oftentimes the the best version of you loves the best version of your spouse. And when you start to actually uncover your own junk and be true to yourself, then your inner child is in a spot where you can love someone, even if they're not at their best point. And I I really think that that 
connection piece is the part that's really been healing for both of us. Yeah, and and if you and if you take that in any relationship, if you are fully available, like when we talk about being authentic and vulnerable, really it's coming from a very deep place where this is who I am. I'm not hiding anything. I don't have anything that I'm keeping from you. I'm not trying to earn your approval. I don't feel like I need to be with you because I have to. I am here because I want to be. And I'm sharing the part of me with you that I love to share with everyone because it's me. And when the other person is sitting there talking to you and not fully committing to that same thing, that's hard because then you're not having as deep a conversation as you could. And you know it. And we actually, no matter how much work we've done, we know we we all know this. We know the level of honesty that we have between each other. We we just automatically know. It's just that we ignore it. We don't acknowledge it. We have had a lot of fun with couples. We have found that a lot of our work and the work that we are embracing for the future is with other couples. That's why we're doing, part of the reason why we're doing this podcast today, it's part of the reason why we have a business in Brisket once a month at our home with people that run a business. And it's part of the reason why we offer offsites for family businesses and for couples. Because regardless of whether one or both of the, of the couple are involved in the business, there is support needed for the family and the fact that it is a family business. And even someone that stays home, whether it be the man or the woman, they need support, or their their marriage needs support because of the extra opportunity, stress, anxiety related to having a business and, and the, the ups and downs of that. So that's what we expect to do in the future. That's what we're doing, and that's what we love to do. I'm also just wanting to call out again that if you're a couple... If, you work, if you've worked through addiction, if you work through trauma, work through something tough, you want to come on the podcast and share with the world the hope of what has happened in your relationship, let's do it. We, we have fun with that. Obviously, if you've heard the podcast, you've heard some of the other couples on here, and we're looking for more, more couples that want to share. Thank you for tuning in. And to stay in touch, email us at info at businessaddictspodcast.com.